Like CJ said, uh, my name's Landon Morrow. I'm the youth pastor at Crosswalk Church, and uh, my wife and I both, this is my wife Katie over here, we've been married for like almost six months. Woo! Six months is on what day? 21st. 21st, okay, cool. Um, so I knew that. I didn't know that, so. Um, yeah, I've been married for almost six months, super exciting. It's probably the most exciting thing happening in our lives right now, learning how to live uh, as, uh, as a married couple, but we, uh, we pass our youth together and then... We have a young adult ministry that does meet Wednesday nights, actually. They're doing, actually, they're doing, like, ghost tours tonight in Colonial Williamsburg, so they're really close to here, actually. Um, I was with them real quick before, and I came over here, so uh, we call that the, the collective, and it's just a group of young adults that just like to meet and uh, just talk about Jesus and grow in our faith together and mobilize, because we believe God wants to be more than just, you know, a gathering, so, um, but I'm super excited to be a really... Um, me, in a nutshell, um, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. I love to invest into people, and I love really ultimately just talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I get really excited about it, so um, if I'm excited, that's why. Because I, 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 I love Jesus. I love what he's done for me, and I know where I was and where I am. And when I talk about it and when I present it, I, I, I just am passionate about it. So... Um, I love I love the Explore God uh, thing that you guys have been going through the series and the theme and tonight um, the uh, and that video I mean like I don't really even need to really talk very much because uh, that video was so good like really it was really good uh, the the question is Christianity too narrow and um, and uh, I'm just going to talk for uh, so you just said I had about three hours so um, if that's okay with you guys are we good is it finals week what is it no I'm kidding I won't be here for it'll be a couple couple minutes and uh, hopefully um, you know we can learn something about what it looks like to follow Jesus and actually if uh, I don't know if anybody is taking notes whatever if you are taking notes or you have a bible I'm going to be reading out of um, the book of John and uh, and if you're taking notes tonight um, the title of tonight's message is um, the widest invitation. The widest, in not whitest, <laughs> the wide, the widest invitation. Um, uh, this is a verse that I love that you may or may not have read before, John 3, starting in verse 16. It says this, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and his only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to judge it or to condemn it, but to be its savior and to rescue it. I love uh, John three sixteen and 17. Would you pray with me real quick before we go forward? Jesus, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to gather uh, on, a, on a campus like William & Mary and to open up your word and to discuss uh, what it looks like to follow you, Jesus. God, I thank you so much that you gave everything. God, we couldn't earn it. We couldn't deserve it. But Jesus, you gave your life for us that we could have a relationship with you. And God, I just thank you so much that you have a broad invitation to anyone whosoever would believe in you, Jesus. God, I thank you so much for saving us, for rescuing us, God, for being our Savior. God, I pray that you would speak to us tonight. God, I pray that this movement of college students on this campus, God, God, that it would grow, 
that it would expand. God, I pray for an anointing upon CJ and McCall and Kendall as they lead this movement, God. God, that it would be so much more than just a club, God, but it would be a mobilization. God, that you would do something incredible on this campus because of the students in this room. God, that you would uh, pack this place out for people who are passionate for you. God, that we would change this, this city. We would change this school. God, that you allow us to be uh, a light in darkness here in Jesus' name. Everyone said together. Amen. 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 Um, how many of you guys uh, have ever been invited to something? Yeah. Okay, okay. How many of you guys have ever been that one person that was not invited? Mm-hmm. Anybody? Some people are like, I don't want to admit it. I'll admit it. Um, I, uh, a little bit about me is um, I, I'm one child in a family of 10 children. It's pretty radical. My mom is an absolute saint. Uh, this is my brother, Ryland, here, uh, who's awesome. And he's, what, what are you, like, number seven, eight? He's number eight. I'm number five. So it's cool, you know, I'm, uh, I'm number five right in the middle, but I'm the first boy. So which means I've got four sisters that are older than me. So there's four girls, me, a brother, a girl, and then three more boys. And Ryland is one of those last three. So yeah. Seven, eight, whichever one. Who cares? At that point, who's counting, you know? <laughs> like everyone counts to five and then they lose count, you know? Um, but, but I am very aware of the feeling of not being invited or being a part of something. Growing up, my sisters, I look up to them. I looked up to them. I still do, but not as much anymore. No, I'm kidding. I love them. Um, they're really incredible people. And growing up um, as a kid, without having any boy friends, my younger brother was like really little, and um, I always wanted to do and be part of everything they did. And, uh, you know, whether it was playing Barbies, watching um, Mary-Kate and Ashley movies, <laughs> Uh, like literally whatever they doing, whatever they were doing, I wanted to be part. I used to beg them, like when they were playing Barbies, like, can I just at least be the Ken doll? You know what I mean? Like any girls like ever play Barbies? Uh, yeah. No girls in here? Okay, a couple girls, you're like, okay, just admit it. Like, okay, we can be a little responsive tonight, yeah? Uh, and, and I used to just beg them because I simply just wanted to be part. I wanted to be a part of what they were doing. I wanted to feel like I belonged. And, and uh, I, it actually reveals... And I actually remember the day when all my sisters went to youth group on Wednesday nights. And, uh, and I remember the day that I was finally in sixth grade and I could go to youth group. And it was like the best day of my life. Um, and, and I was the annoying little brother. But then the very moment that I started going to youth group, I was like the best little brother because I understood that they belonged. And if I wanted to belong, then I'd have to kind of get in with them. So anyways... I remember that feeling of belonging, and, and actually, the feeling of belonging is actually one of, as, as a human race, something that we all desire, we crave. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs, um, but a, a sense of being in a place to belong is something that is something that each and every one of us have a desire to belong, and I believe that it, God has created us to have this desire and this need for community with people. Mm-hmm. But really, God's created us to have a community with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in, in the human race, in humanity, we, we turn to different religions and different things, different outlets that we can try to fill this void. 
And, uh, and I love this, this video talking about, and the guy, uh, and I was going to talk about it, but he really already talked about it like, way better than I could. He talked about uh, the elephant and how each, each religion kind of feels a different part of the elephant. And, and the issue with that is that truth, truth cannot be different for different people. Truth, the very meaning of truth is that it is, it is truth. It, there's not different, there's not different truth. Truth is truth. And that leaves us with the question, why, why Christianity? Right. Why Jesus? Right. Out of everything, why do we choose to follow Jesus? And, and I personally believe that Jesus gives us, when it, when it comes to different religions, every other religion is set up in a way where humanity tries to work its way to God. Right. But Christianity pivots and it actually exposes the fact that Jesus did everything to work his way to have a relationship with humanity. Right. Right. And that's pretty radical. Like, what, like when I think about that, when I talk about it, like when I actually really think about the fact that Jesus, who was God incarnate in human flesh, went to a cross and died on a cross and was crucified so that he could have a relationship with human beings people who are broken, people who are not worth it. Maybe in our eyes, but in Jesus' eyes, we were worth it. Right. And I think about that, and, and there's something different about following Jesus is that it's different than anything else in the world. It's, it's, it's a God that we, we were created for relationship with God, and the only way that we could actually get there is through Jesus being a bridge. Right. And, uh, and I really just wanted to talk about what it looks like, what it means to follow Jesus. And I think in our society today, you know, this, this, this theme bring, and this topic brings up a great question, is Christianity too narrow? And I would argue that actually Christianity is a massive, broad, wide invitation for whosoever will, whosoever will come, whosoever will choose to follow Jesus. And, and uh, so I, I have three thoughts for you tonight about following Jesus. What does it mean or what does it look like to follow Jesus? The first thought is that following Jesus, it's a relationship, not a religion. Right. And this guy was talking about it. So like, again, I'm echoing what the video is saying. The guy with like that awesome accent that anytime you speak with an accent, you automatically are smarter and you sound better. <laughs> so I can't even try to argue or not argue, but beat that guy. But whatever. <laughs> talking about religion, religion is this system that is supposed to point us to something. But what happens so often is that it becomes more about the system than it actually is whatever it's pointing it to. Right. Mm -hmm. And actually, Jesus, when he came to earth, he went out of his way to shake religion. I love reading through the Gospels, and it's almost like funny how Jesus walks through and just does things purposely. When he walks through the temple and he just like throws uh, tables and, and messes with religion. Right. And how he goes, he was invited to a religious leader's house and he, he walks in and they, he just starts eating before going through the ceremonial, traditional washing of the hands. And he, and he just frustrates people who were religious. He, he spent most of his time with sinners and with beggars and with lepers and with uh, uh, tax collectors, mm -hmm. shaking and ruffling the religious feathers. Jesus was trying to shake that because he wanted to establish something different. He says, 
this is not a religion. He actually wanted to establish a way for people to have a relationship. Right. He wanted to establish a way for people to be able to have a relationship. And, and it goes back to our relationship with God. God created us with that space for relationship with him. And of course, sin, God can't dwell with sin. So Jesus, what is Jesus? Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the bridge. Jesus is, yeah. is the bridge that, that came down from heaven to earth, crossed the cosmos to be able to step in on our behalf. And I love the verse in, um, I believe it's 2 Corinthians 5, 21. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, he who knew no sin became sin so that we could inherit the righteousness of God. Right. He who knew no sin, Jesus, who was perfect, the son of God, his only son, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could inherit the righteousness of God so that we could have a relationship with God. So when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life in John 16, 7, he's saying that there's no way to get to a relationship with God unless you choose to believe in what I've done for you. Right. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, that's, that's not narrow. That's, that's, that's a massive invitation that whosoever would just choose to believe in what Jesus did, you can enter into a relationship with, with the creator of the heavens and the earth and understanding that it's because Jesus was a bridge for us. And we can actually have the relationship with God through that. It's, it's not about religion. It's not about a step-by-step -step process. Sometimes I think as believers, we can so often get caught. I'm like, man, did I read my Bible like at all this week? Or man, like, did I spend any time in prayer? Or man, we can sometimes like fall into the trap of feeling like, man, our, our faith has to be built upon works and deeds. And reading your Bible is amazing. And as believers, we should be in the word of God as much as we can and, and praying and spend time in prayer. But, but those things are not requirements in order to receive the grace of God. It's actually when we receive the grace of God that he pours his mercy and his grace into us and we desire those things. Yeah, it's, right. not, it's not you have to do this to get that. Yep. It's once you get this, then all of a sudden you have a passion to do it. And, mm -hmm. and it's through relationship. Second thought I have for you tonight, and the first one is when, when you're following Jesus, you have to keep in mind that it's a relationship. You also have to keep in mind, number two, is that it's built on grace, not condemnation. Mm -hmm. yes. It's built on grace and not condemnation. I love the, the verse in, or the chapter of John chapter eight. And I think it's a pretty radical picture of the heart of God exposed in in this chapter. And it's, if you're familiar with it, it's the woman who's caught in the act of adultery. This woman was literally caught in the sexual sin of adultery. And she's caught by the religious leaders who they actually don't even care about this woman. They're just trying to trap Jesus. She is a prop in, in, she's a prop in their scheme. And they bring her before Jesus and they say, Jesus, this woman, she's been caught in adultery. Our religion says that she should be stoned at, from their perspective, they are labeling her not worth life anymore. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, I love this because it exposes and it, and it just gives us a picture of the heart of God for humanity. Right. That Jesus knew that in just a matter of weeks, he was going to the cross. In just a matter of weeks, he was gonna be dying on the cross, paying the penalty for that sin. 
And so when he looked at her, he could look at her with a lens of the cross. And he could see her, and he could see her sin, and he could actually separate it and actually still love her, even though she was caught in the act of sin. That's, that's great. See, he, he looks at the people around, and he says, if there's anyone here who is without sin, you can be the first to throw the stone. And if you know the story, one by one, they walk away. They walk away. And when no one is left to condemn this woman, except for Jesus, because if you actually think about it, he was the only one who was without sin and actually could have condemned her. He looks at her and he he says, where are they? Where are your accusers? And she says, there's no one here. Does no one condemn you? No, they're not here. And then Jesus says, then neither do I condemn you. The heart of God is, is not a heart that's looking at humanity with anger, looking at humanity with, with, with this like burning sense of wrath because Jesus on the cross took all of that. Mm-hmm. At the very moment that we say, Jesus, I believe in you. I'm choosing to surrender to you. I'm choosing to follow you. As when we accept that, that invitation to follow Jesus, that very moment we, we enter into the grace of Jesus from that cross and he can look at us and he can see us and he can see us and we won't be perfect. And we will have days when we mess up. We will have days where we slip up. And God can look at us and he can say, listen, that wasn't great. And he can see our sin and he can see us and he can separate and say, I'm still gonna love you. You gotta fix some things, but I'm still gonna love you. I, and, and when you're keeping in mind, following Jesus is a broad invitation. Choosing Jesus is, is a broad invitation, but once you're actually following Jesus, it actually does get to the point where from a position of grace and position of mercy, God instructs us to walk a narrow path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't get confused for a moment that following Jesus is doing whatever the heck you want whenever you want. Right. Following Jesus is, is accepting the big invitation and allowing God to shape and mold your path. That's what it is to follow yeah. Jesus. And the third thought, my last thought for you today, the first one was uh, that it's a relationship not a religion. It is built on grace, not on condemnation. And the last, the, last, uh, the last thought I have for you tonight, and I wrote it down because I don't always memorize everything, <laughs> is that it's all-inclusive right. and it's not exclusive. It's all-inclusive and not exclusive. And I love this verse, and I know I read John 3.16, which is the most basic, fundamental mm-hmm. verse of Christianity because it encompasses everything, really, of what we believe in a verse. And it's beautiful. And, and, I, and I was just thinking and praying about tonight. And I was thinking, okay, you know, CJ was like, this is the, this is the, this is the theme. And I was thinking, okay, well, I'm just going to honestly just go right to square one, to the basics, John 3.16. And whosoever, doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, this is the broadness of the message of Jesus. Paul wrote to Ephesians in Ephesians 3.18. He said, I I hope that you can somehow find a way to grasp how deep, how wide, how great, how far, how long the love of Jesus is. Because I don't think our minds can ever actually grasp all that it is. And it's an invitation that is so broad. And if you read through the Gospels and the book of Acts, there's absolutely zero discrimination of who can actually accept Jesus? Right. It's the broad, when someone tells me, man, 
Christianity is narrow. I was like, man, you really don't know the Jesus that I live for. Right. Because it's definitely not narrow. Yeah. It is the broadest invitation that we could ever walk into. And, uh, and, and 2 Peter 3.9 says, Jesus died so that none would perish and all would live. And um, I think as we live our life as Christians, we have to keep that in mind because a lot of what the culture around us thinks about Christianity, the base of it is from Christians who can sometimes get a little bit caught up with the religion of Christianity. And we can become like those pharisaical leaders right. of religion and start to stand in a position of judgment over people and start to stay in a position of we're better than you, but the, really the foundation of Christianity, following Jesus, is that we're all broken. It says in Romans that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all are on the same playing field, and we all need Jesus. And, and the guy concluded really well in the, in the video. He says, in, in, in a way, we're all hypocrites. But in a way, that's what makes us Christians, because we understand that we're not good enough. Right. And that's why we need Jesus. I just want to pray for us tonight, and I'll be finished. I didn't take 45 minutes. Um, I don't know how long it was. But. Hey, who loves CJ and McCall? Are they awesome or what? Okay, awesome. Jesus, I just thank you so much for your grace and for your mercy. It says in your word that your mercies are fresh and new for us every day. God, I just pray for tribe fellowship, God. I pray that you would just fill us with a passion for the message of Jesus, God, that it wouldn't just be something that we say we're a part of, God, but it would be the one thing in our life that we live, God, that we would live the message of Jesus, God, on our campus, God, that people would see a difference in us, God, that we would actually be a light, like it says in Matthew 5, that we would be a light that penetrates through darkness, God, a city on a hill, God, that when people look at our, our life, they would see a reflection of you. We might be the only Bible that people will ever read is our life being an open book to people. God, I pray that we would live that out. God, that you would radically transform us by the love of Jesus. In Jesus' name, God, I pray if there's anybody here tonight who might feel like they've been condemned, that they might feel like they're not good enough, God, I pray that you would remind us of who you are and remind us of the grace that you poured out on that cross for us, God. God, that we could never get to you on our own but because you sent your son, Jesus, now we can have a relationship with you. God, I pray that would be something that would be real for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen. amen.